Hello, listeners. This is the Labor Know Your Rights podcast. I'm your host, Dave. This podcast is brought to you by the National League of Justice and Security Professionals. Welcome, podcast listeners. Today we have Ron Michaels, the president of the National League of Justice and Security Professionals. Hello, Ron. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Great. Yeah, glad to hear it. Can you hear me well enough? Yep. Okay. Well, listen. Let me uh, spell out a little bit about what I do and, and what the National League of Justice and Security Professionals does. Sounds good. Uh, I've been doing uh, union stuff for more than 20 years, both with uh, guards and with police officers. And I have, uh, I started getting into this stuff about 20 years ago. Uh, Currently, I'm the head of the National League of Justice and Security Professionals, a uh, 93 guard union that we started back in 2012. I've just been recently uh, uh, elected to a second term in our convention, and I'll serve for five years unless lightning strikes me, or everybody says, get out of here, run. Either way, uh, NLJSP is a democratic organization organized along democratic principles. As a 9B3 union, we are a pure guard union, and the only people that we admit to our membership our guards and professional security officers. If we took anybody else in, we wouldn't be able to go and uh, raise the flag with the NLRB to get them to conduct an election. Like, we're in the middle of another one right now. Uh, I've got uh, emails to send out to all the people that uh, we're trying to convince to vote yes for us in a union election to be held on March 15th here in the, uh, the greater D.C. area. Now, most of the people that we represent are employees of a contract employer that has a uh, a government services contract, and these are governed under what's called the Service Contract Act. Now, a lot of these folks come in, when we start with them, they haven't had a raise in three or four or five years, and that's because as employees under the Service Contract Act, they can only get a raise if the service contract uh, wage determination rate goes up, or if they have a union, they can negotiate a raise increase. I explained it like the old Chinese restaurant, you choose from column A or column B. Now, if you're in column A and you have no union, then you're dependent on whatever the wage determination is. And in some of these locations, especially when the economy's in the toilet, it hasn't gone up in years. So their raises, their their pay hasn't gone up in years. The people that we represent, though, we negotiate every year for a pay increase. And there could be a difference of 5 or 6 or $7 between what wage determination is and what a CBA wage determination is. And that's what we do. We, we come up with a CBA wage determination 
that's served on the government, and then that becomes the new pay rate that the guys get. And right now we've got uh, contracts with uh, right around 10 security contractors spread from uh, uh, D.C. to the Pacific Northwest. And each one of them is a little different. Uh, each one of them is, uh, requires a certain amount of negotiation. Some of them require a great deal more than others. And, uh, and the most recent contract we just finished was with a company that's out of California, but they operate in the in the Maryland D.C. area. So we put together a team of three uh, members of the local. And myself and the treasurer took those three people to negotiations. And we had a couple of days' worth of negotiations with the employer. And we got a nice little raise for those guys that went into effect March 1. Our membership is fairly diverse. It's uh, We're about about three or 400 people now as membership. And we have a five-member board. And we're on the web. We have a pretty good web presence. And we track a, uh, a toll-free number so that uh, people that run across our web page can ring us up on the toll-free number and then we can make our arrangements to represent them and set up the elections and do all those things. Like I said before, we are a 9B3 guard union. Now, we're not the only people that represent guards. We, have, uh, we compete with some AFL-CIO affiliates that are what they call mixed guard unions. The real difference is they may have more money, they may have more time, but uh, they can't represent the guards unless the company allows it. Only the pure guard union can take refuge with the National Labor Relations Board and force the employer to conduct an election, or rather the NLRB conducts the election. But that's a huge difference between what are called mixed guard unions and, and pure guard unions. Uh, myself, I've been in the uh, security uh, police uh, since I I got out of the Navy in uh, 1984. I was started with the Glen County Police Department in Brunswick, Georgia, and later on, I left the county PD. I was at the security police at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and I helped bring in the union there, and I'd been with the union at the police department, and then I moved to the West Coast, and I was with the union there. Then I moved back to the East Coast in the course of 20 years. And then about uh, five years ago, we launched the National League of Justice and Security Professionals. I dealt with a number of unions over the years, and one of the things that, that uh, I liked about the union is that you could stand up for the other people there. And one of the things I didn't like about them is that they seemed to be so much more concerned with collecting the money than they were <clears throat> representing people. That's the reason our motto is the member is first, and that's the way we play this game. We've uh, we're competing in the in the national capital region with a couple of unions that, that honestly the people that run them are either on their way to prison or sitting in prison. There's only a few uh, honest players in this whole game. We happen to be one of them. And I don't mind losing if I lose to people that are honest. But uh, uh, we continue to fight those that are less than honest. We do everything in the open. You know, our uh, 
LM reports are required annual reports are on the web. Uh, we usually have a link on the website to those reports. And uh, we file a annual IRS 990. And anytime we run into a member who demands to know how money is spent, our answer is to always reach for the books and show it to them right then. If we don't have them right then, we make a, make a point of catching up with them to show them to them because we don't have anything to hide. And like one fellow told me one time, I'm too fat, I don't look good in stripes. So we're not going to run off with anybody's money. We're going to account for it, and we're going to do our best to represent people when they're in trouble and also when it's time to uh, work out what the next round of pay increases is going to be. Well, I've, I've finished talking. Dave, do you have any questions for me? You've pretty much covered a lot of ground, but... Uh what unions do as far as representation uh, in regards to things like disciplinary actions and stuff? Sure. Yeah, the, the thing about representing people in disciplinary actions is that uh, up until the point you have a collective bargaining agreement, all your representations have got to essentially run through the, the National Labor Relations Board. Once you have a CDA, then you're governed by what's in that document. When someone is in trouble and requires representation, the first and most important thing they have to do is ask for representation. The, uh, the, the law, the case is called Weingarten. If somebody is about to be disciplined or believes that by answering questions they could be disciplined, then that's the point where they should ask for union representation. It's not like in Miranda where the officer has to tell you that you have representation. In Weingarten, it is in, you have to assert your right to Weingarten. And then once you've done that, we will either dispatch uh, someone or I will show up or we'll represent you on the phone to be there as part of the uh, package so that you don't uh, find yourself in trouble and you can avoid it. Now, if somebody's guilty of something, we'll... we'll work hard to mitigate uh, whatever is uh, being uh, proposed for them as a discipline. A lot of times people are up for a discipline, and it may just be a misunderstanding. And they get upset, the uh, employer gets upset, but we don't have to get upset. We can sit there and hear the whole thing out and propose maybe one party or the other didn't quite understand what it was. The other side of it is that sometimes and it happens a lot. People get in trouble, and they deserve some sort of discipline for it. Uh, so we want to make sure that that discipline is uh, is consistent. You know, it's applied the same way to everybody, and that it's proportional. But even more than that, we want to make sure the guy's not guilty of whatever he's been accused of. And then a few innocent people, not many, but a few innocent people. And dealing honestly with the employer makes it easier when you tell them, hey, this guy is innocent to get something thrown out. And if this guy is guilty, he's not that guilty. And yeah, he's guilty, but he's really good. Those are my three favorite defenses. Anything else, Dave? Nope, that sounds good. I'm going to summarize this to lay out solid foundations of what you are saying 
a president of a union or local does. First, a president ensures that the union is ran in a democratic and legal way. It is responsible to ensure that the members are represented in possible disciplinary actions if they request to be, that the disciplinary action is fair and consistent, to bargain in good faith for the members with the employer for a collective bargaining agreement. Also, and finally, to ensure that the union is accountable to its members financially and its every action. And to wrap this one up, I'd like to thank our sponsor, the National League of Justice and Security Professionals, where the members come first. Labor Know Your Rights can be found on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash labor know your rights. For comments, questions, or suggestions for episodes, you can reach me, Dave, at laborknowyourrights at gmail.com. The National League of Justice and Security Professionals can be found at www.nljsp.us.